Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. Return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Ulrich on Oilers Now. Some guests on our show received guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. Uh, Craig Simpson joins us every Wednesday here on Oilers Now. Craig, of course, the last Oilers to have a 50-goal season. wonder if uh, Connor McDavid might be able to do that one day. I wouldn't bet against it. Uh, Craig spent a number of years as an Edmonton Oilers assistant coach. Of course, he was part of that 06 staff that went to the Stanley Cup final against the Carolina Hurricanes, something that was referenced by Ryan McLeod, the Oilers prospect. Saw him out there yesterday. He can skate. No question, he can skate. Um, Yeah, well, let's get to it. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, their lead analyst, Craig Simpson, joins us right now. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. What uh, we didn't see at the draft. Uh, do you get a, a chance? I mean, you only spent two straight months on the road, uh, yeah. but it, is, it, is it important for you to decompress at this time? Oh, definitely. I, I think you get so fixated on uh, just the the two months away. I think I was gone 37 of the first 39 nights of the playoffs, and. Uh, uh, I think we ended up doing about 24 games or so. So, you know, no question that uh, it's a nice decompression. It's nice not having to go to the awards, which I know are important for the players, and the draft, which is very important. But it's uh, it's pretty much nice to have the finish line when the cup uh, ends up on the ice and we get a chance to just uh, get relaxed and focused on the next year. Well, um, the awards were a week ago today. We we actually haven't talked much about it. Um, yep. I'll ask you this question. I mean, I, I thought Taylor Hall could be an all-star with New Jersey. I didn't think he'd be capable of winning the Hart Trophy. Did you envision that being a possibility? No, no I, I think not. Uh, and, you know, there are certain years that you just have um, – the way the season went. I mean, he was quietly under the radar, as you know, uh, playing in New Jersey, although it's you know, lots of people in a big market place, it's not a big market. So you do kind of fly under. If you were a Ranger, you'd get a lot more attention. And um, I just think that early on, it wasn't really talked about much. I think by the quarter or by the halfway poll, you realized that the team looked like they were going to be okay. He was having a good, strong season. And like we talked last week, uh, I, I thought he was going to get enough votes from uh, the, the amount of uh, press and media that, you know, watches on a daily basis. The East is, is obviously, as we've chronicled for years, you just get the natural uh, evolution of, 
of more bodies, more eyes watching the games, and so you get a better feel, and you maybe don't appreciate the guys that play at 10 o'clock Eastern or 10.30 start time in the East. I, I think it's very difficult to have the same appreciation. So I, I thought it would be something that would work for them, and you know, you go back to over the course of time, there are those kind of years that there's a lot of split votes. We've had a lot of dialogue about, you know, should Connor McDavid be there or not? That split a bunch of votes. You had some great performances by uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon and, you know, Kopitar to me was a a worthy one, but I didn't think he would get enough votes to even be a finalist as well. So I think that's sort of indicative of the, uh, the three finalists that you had and why so many different votes were split, but I thought he was a worthy candidate the way his year went and how much more he did than the next closest guy on his team to push his team into the playoffs. Yeah, well, it's uh, you know it's an interesting situation because I think, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but there's a strong possibility that Connor's going to be in consideration every year in Edmonton, uh, and I don't think the team is going to be as bad this year as they were this upcoming season as they were this past year. Uh, so I've already gone out on a limb and saying, you know, I can see them being a 95. <laughs> well, he should be. You know, go back to even the long stretch of Wayne and Mario. I mean, was, it was right. a given that it was going to probably be one of the two that would be, unless there was big injuries. And, you know, Mario got his real first chance when Wayne had a bit of an eye injury and missed some time, and Mario had a great year to, to win his first heart. So I, I think... You know, when you have players like that, they should be in the mix. That That's really the level of play that they are, and I, I would expect Connor to be in that mix every year. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's uh, just comes with the territory, right? Like, I just, I think that uh, he's, you know, I, I guess it's funny, Craig, I did an event on, uh, on Monday, mm-hmm. and I was asked about the season that was, and, and, and when you think about McDavid having more even-strength points than any player's had in the last 20 years, Okay. Um, and you think about the Edmonton Oilers going from fifth to thirty-first on the power play. Uh, like when you and were with Mac T, you never had the horsepower to have an elite power play. Your team in two thousand three, two thousand four, that was a pretty good team, Craig. That was a it was a it was a good five-on-five team, but yep. you you didn't have that higher end. And, and I guess. And, and I looked it up since the NHL started doing power play stats. There has never been an NHL scoring champion that has been on the team with the worst power play the worst. in the league. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's almost... It's a padding of your stats. I mean, it's a given that the top guys right. be out there and, and do that. So if, you know, I, I think there's your room for growth, too, from uh, yeah. uh, from moving forward. Can he, can he be that next guy to be in that 120-point range? You know, get into that... Uh, uh, mix and I, you throw in some power play time and a little bit more success and you know why not? I mean I you know it's funny right because the best people want criticism because they want to improve and uh, that's how good organizations are as well right like you you, yeah. you, know, you, you don't want a bunch of yes man sitting there hey I totally concur and you, your way is the only way to think like you got to have so you know I, and there was some. There were some hard decisions made in the off season that's changed the makeup of that coaching staff, and we'll see what kind of impact it has. But you know what? If you told me a year ago at this time, I mean, the Oilers' power play a year ago finished fifth, and they were actually second in the league from December first on. That's, and, you know, that's what's you know, crazy I, about it. I think the you know one of the role models for a guy like Connor would have would have been to 
you know, track the uh, career of Sidney Crosby and, you know, what do you do each year as a young player? You've had now three seasons. Uh, this will be your fourth training camp. You, you always come in as a different person and you've, you've uh, gone through the decompression of the end of the season and say, okay, where, where did I succeed at? But where are maybe some of my failures or where do I need to grow? And uh, I think um, Sydney was a great example of that from, Starting, if you're going to be a 21-minute guy playing in every situation, you got to learn how to be better in the face-off dot, and you know you got to learn how to be a better defensive player. Then you learn how to kill penalties. And I just think that's the natural progression and growth of good players. And you're right that you don't want to hear at the end of the season, "Oh, it was great, it was great." Well, the only guy who gets to hear that is the guy who's on the winning team at the end of the year. And you, you know, if you won the Stanley Cup. Some of your failures are uh, brushed right over because you've been able to get your group or be a part of the team that got your group to the final goal. So I, I think every great player looks and says, okay, what do I need to spend more time on in the offseason to get better? And I think it'll be really interesting to watch. Part of it will be the team around him, but also watch, you know, remarkably, I, I think he got a little quicker last year at times. and. It's hard to say one guy with such great speed could get quicker in certain situations. And that, you know, just playing the game at that high level in those close quarters is just so difficult to defend against. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he continues to work on those little things to get better every year. Well, we've seen terrific players stop improving. And then they drop off dramatically. And I'm going to give you a guy, Danny Heatley. For six seasons, Danny Heatley scored 39 or more goals in the NHL, including hitting 50 twice, okay? He was a elite goal scorer in the league. Uh, and I recall... And the league got quick, though. And the league got quick, and he yeah. didn't train. Yeah. Right? And so so his... Uh, the game changes. That, that's where the... You yeah. Know, some, you, you've got to adjust with the game, and you... Yeah, you know, you you can't play. I, I looked at a guy, you know, I, ironically, Jonathan Chichu had the same amount of goals I did. He had 56 goals one year. I look a lot at myself. You know, I, I had to retire at 28 uh, with my back, so never really got to when the game changed and got so much quicker. But watching him, I just thought the game suddenly became the rules changed. You couldn't hook, you couldn't hold. The game got fast. And it wasn't, I don't even necessarily think that the guy didn't try to change, but his style of play and his speed just couldn't keep up to that game. And, you know, that's what happens over the course of, and that's what's so incredible about great players that can do it year in and year out because the game does change around and every team has a game plan for those top players. And that's why it's so impressive when a guy can be 10 years into a career and be at that high level of performance. Well, I know you're not a soccer fan, but I, I laugh often about the uh, the Messi versus Maradona comparables in Argentina because, of course, Maradona won the World Cup in 86 in Mexico. Uh, and he was a really good player for a number of years. Like, I mean, he was an outstanding player for a number yeah. of years. But he has not had the length of excellence that Lionel Messi has had. And part of it is because of his, you know, his, his off yeah. his off field, right? I mean, let's Messi face it. Those guys are like corporations. They, they know that they're running a business, and the business is to be a great player and be ready and be prepared. Right? And not to and, snort your way out of excellence. So. And that, that is a difference of today's right. great players, though. They, they understand what's at stake. They understand the value of it. 
and they put the work in. The great ones all do put the work in to make sure that they're at a high level of performance all the time. Now, Craig, I'm not as presumptuous to believe that you would listen to the show every day because I think you probably got better things to do than that, but I, <laughs> once in a while you might hear it. Uh, we had Jerry Johansson on the show on Friday. He represents Milan Lucic because there's been a lot of discussion about Milan out there. Yep. Uh, I'm going to just put you on hold here for five seconds and play a clip from a conversation we had with Milan where our, our, our about Milan with Jerry, where I, I asked uh, Jerry point blank, uh, has Milan uh, Lucic uh, uh, asked you to uh, request a trade on his behalf to Peter Shirelli? Well, I have not had that conversation with Peter, and I can tell you this. It's funny because I, I do hear this a lot when a player has a, a tough year, which Milan did, and when teams have a tough year, which obviously Edmonton did, you know, there, you hear all sorts of crazy stuff that goes on. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of frustration uh, on everybody's part because there should be. You know, everybody expects more, and uh, as does Milan and as should the Oilers. But uh, Milan 100% is ready to come back and play, and he's going to be back with the Oilers. He's always been an Oilers since the day he signed. So, you know, I've been sort of hearing these things. I try not to engage too much in, in what you hear, but, you know, I'm glad you had me on because... You know, it's just, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's the energy that the Oilers bring. And, uh, you know, with Milan, obviously, he's a little bit of a focal point. But I can promise you he's going to be back and ready to roll. All right, uh, Craig, that is Jerry Johansson, who represents uh, Milan Lucic. And it should be stated, not every agent that's out there would necessarily take that tact or take that opportunity to clarify to a certain degree. And to me, he... He, you know, it sounded like he held his client accountable and talked about the disappointing year. And yep. and later on in the conversation, he mentioned, you know, uh, Seabrook had a tough year in Chicago. Carey Price, tough year in uh, Montreal. I'd argue those two players are both, you know, have historically been better players than Milan. Uh, certainly Price, I mean, he's one of the best in the world in his yep. position. Um and he said, hey, the team had it. And, and is that all a byproduct? Like, when you, you said something, when you win... Right, you said when you win, maybe you're not poking holes in your own game as much, and when you lose, you're sitting there reevaluating everything. And Milan stated at the end of the year, ninety percent mental with him as well. But isn't this kind of what happens when teams fail? And the Oilers failed this year; like they did not come yeah. close and to realizing their potential as a club. And whether that was you know well planned out or well orchestrated, I, I think it's the right uh, message to be sending. And and whether. There have been other rumblings or not. Uh, you know, I think from an agent's perspective, that's the right message to send. That diffuses some of the discussions, uh, you know, about his client. And I think it's the important message to send to your client, too. I, we, we've say, stated a couple of weeks in a row, you, you, you have to, part of being a good pro is self-evaluation. And it can't always be somebody else's fault. It's not always the coaches. I mean, there's plenty of times where you have, to look in that mirror and say, I need to figure out how to improve on what I did, and I had shortcomings here. So I, I think it's a good message. Uh, I just said, uh, I think, what, two weeks ago that, you know, my feeling if I were in that role as the player is go, whether you're going to get traded or not, or whether there's an opportunity, or even if you want to get traded at some point, and I'm not saying that he, he does, but the the one factor you have to really control is that you are in the best shape you're playing your best hockey and you're in the uh, you know mental space that you're just going to be good so you're actually forcing 
a hand one way or another. I, I, I lived through it my third year in the National Hockey League when Paul Coffey held out. Before we even got to training camp, the all the talk was, well, he's got to go to Pittsburgh for Mario. And every time there was a discussion about, well, okay, potential trade bait, you know, my name came up as, a, as someone who would go the other way. So I took the tact of saying it was my best training year. It was my most focused going forward. And I was going to use it as saying, I'm going to do one of two things, going to get off to the best start of my career and either force the Pittsburgh Penguins to say, geez, we can't afford to lose this guy, or force the Edmonton Oilers to say, we got to have this guy. And so, you know, either way, I think you're in a good spot. There's the one thing you can't do is not hold up your end of the bargain and come to camp in a bad mental state, not in shape. You know, that's just bad for everyone. So I think that's the right tack to take, and I would expect him to be at least focused and ready and sharp at the at the start of the year. Milan said it was 90% mental. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take you back to the clinching game of the 1988 Stanley Cup Final. If I recall correctly, were you not sick for that game? I, I was... Uh, I, I couldn't even have a sip of soup uh, at our at our uh, team meal after the morning ski. I woke up about one thirty and was sick about four times during the night and didn't go out for morning skate. Couldn't make it through lunch, but uh, you know, as I said, you, you're you were mentally exactly. sharp. That's the point. You yeah. right, like you were on it and you were mentally sharp and you were able to overcome that physical challenge. And I, I guess for me, that's going to be the big. You know, when 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 the player admits at the end of the year, hey, it's ninety percent mental. My response to that would be, you got to get that ninety percent figured out there, bud. Because yeah, there's many times where the the energy that you need to spend is not on the physical aspect of your game and your body. It, it is totally, you know. Uh, I think every player has gone through doubts. Every player has gone through times where I either need to find some help to talk to somebody and get a whether it's a sports psychiatrist or just. You know, some positive rethinking, uh, and uh, I know many times I read different books to try to just change your thoughts and use patterns to to give yourself confidence and to visualize things. And if you're not uh, if you're not healthy mentally, uh, I find it very difficult for anybody to be that great, uh, both physically and you know, successfully in in whatever your job is. And uh, more difficult when that mental aspect is got to be the driver behind the physical part too because if you're not feeling good confident or mentally it's hard to get the engine revved up enough to play at that kind of level craig i'm going to wrap up with this uh tyler dello who did some work as an oilers analyst uh statistical analyst for a while has written a piece on uh, the dougie hamilton trade uh today on the athletic and uh i mean there have it, it everybody's got an opinion on it yep. a, a lot of people have talked about hamilton and fit and need and uh the question is does hockey maybe need to get you know and this there's no right answer to this for me because i see both sides of the argument in basketball uh they tend to placate to the stars in hockey in hockey being a good teammate and fitting in is part of the equation and i'm not close enough into the situation in calgary to have a feel and you know what i mean i'm not you know there's room in edmonton to have 100 percent the feel either but how important is that, and are we getting to a place in society where society is getting more open-minded? So, you know, is it inevitable hockey will as well when it comes to guys with different personalities? 
Well, I think the personality always has to be a part of the equation. And if you're a general manager, you have to realize part of the equation of creating a good team is a good family fit. Uh, I think you've heard every every winning organization. And, and basketball is the exception, in my opinion, because it, it truly is five or six guys that right. rely upon one or two, as we've seen. It's really a, a, such a different game. And just the structure of it, the pace of it, the you know that excellence factor is is like no other. And uh, I I think that the hockey model is you know you have to have some personalities that challenge guys in different ways. You have to have energy and different levels, and and not everybody is going to be an outgoing you know proof positive guy. But uh, I I think the little intangibles that's where. You know, metrics and numbers don't always tell the right story, and sometimes your best number guys are because they're playing third-line minutes and third-pairing against not-as-good players. So it's a balancing act always. I've always said, though, I think more so now, attitude is everything. As uh, Bill Hunter always said, it's your attitude, not your aptitude, that gives you altitude. And I'll take a guy with energy and a great attitude and a good teammate who will play hard and who will listen and learn and grow and come together, you know, more than a skilled guy that maybe thinks he's more important and doesn't have to be a part of that group. And so that, that's why this is a difficult job to try to create a team that can be a championship. And when it does come together, it's, it really truly is a special feeling. And sometimes we don't think it's ever going to happen for a group. And then, lo and behold, this year with Washington, after 13 yep. years, it happens for Alexander Ovechkin. And I, and I was saying, if you talk to those players, you listen to the discussion, it was more about the group and, and how that team and that feeling was a real together family, and they were all pulling together. And, you know, sometimes it might happen just by chance, and other times it's a specific design, but uh, it really, truly is pretty special when you can finally get there. Craig, we get nowhere in life unless we grind. At least that's what the good guys do. So I'm going to grind you for one final interview next week after free agency uh, on the Wednesday, okay? Sounds good. Hopefully we'll have something to talk about. Hope so. Thanks for your time, Craig. (laughs) All righty. Take care. You bet. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, that's Craig Simpson. We'll tell you that, uh, hey... If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth for the kids. Fabulous, fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. You know what, Brendan Ulrich, I can tell you, you can go uh, 50 weeks during a year, maybe 51 weeks, Brendan, without being father of the year material. You take your kids to Disneyland for a week. You're the star. You hop on Splash Mountain. You might uh, want to avoid a couple of rides, though. That's all I'm going to say. It's a couple of rides. Can't do it. All right. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Eileen Bell. And we're going to hit on the Edmonton Oil Kings coming up. Their new GM, Kurt Hill. Their new head coach, Brad Lauer. This 
is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca.